You're listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. Today, we're taking a look at the adversity we can all encounter during Advent and the biblical foundation for overcoming it. Today's short scripture reflection comes from Pastor Ben Stewart. Okay, everybody, welcome to round six of the 12 fights of Christmas. Advent and adversity is what we're talking about. And here's the reality. Some of us are having a banner Christmas, and then some of us are not. I mean, some of us, families are going to gather around the piano and sing songs and sip hot cocoa or wassail. Others of us, you're going to find reasons to run errands so you can get out of the house for a second to escape the nonstop arguing. Or maybe some of you are going to spend this Christmas alone. Christmas, for some of us, if we're honest, isn't always fun. And so every year as a pastor, you hear report that Christmas is a a time of great joy for many, but it's also a time of great sadness for others. And some of that sadness stems from being alone on Christmas. Others come not so much from a lack of relationships, but because of strained relationships with family. And there can be a temptation in this to look at all the bright, shiny, happy people over there and see them enjoying their Christmas with their beautiful angels and little pure baby Jesus. And then you look at yourself and me and my problems and the dirt of my broken relationships and the gutter of sadness. And you go, man, I just don't relate to Christmas at all. But, but here's the thing. And we talked about this a bit last time. Um, there are two gospels that present the birth of Jesus. And Luke's gospel, it's like a musical. I mean, Elizabeth is singing, Mary is singing, the angels are singing, everybody's thrilled at the arrival of Jesus. And Matthew does it very differently. And in Matthew, we see a struggle and we see difficulty. And you get a moments like Matthew chapter 2, where after the Magi come to Jesus, Herod feels threatened by this potential of a rival king. And so Herod makes a decision to attack. And then you see in Matthew 2.13, it says, Now when they had departed, speaking of the Magi, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Rise, take the child and his mother and flee to Egypt and remain there until I tell you. For Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. And he rose and took the child and his mother by night and departed to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Out of Egypt, I called my son. You see that after the wise men leave, Joseph has to pick up his family and run for his life out of his country and flee to an entirely different country. And then Herod proceeds to to kill babies. And Jesus has to flee away and hide out for the first few years of his life. And then Joseph and Mary have to sneak back into their country. And yet it's something interesting. Did you notice in the text? that's going on there. It's not just the pragmatic decision to hide from someone trying to kill you. Matthew looks at that moment and says that that terrifying moment, that difficult Christmas season was also to fulfill what was written in the Old Testament. Out of Egypt, I called my son. And you go, what's that about? Well, it's interesting. In that moment, Matthew's tipping the cards Hey, this season may not feel ideal. It may feel difficult. It may be filled with pain, but it's also part of the plan. So why did the plan involve Jesus having to flee to Egypt? Well, let me tell you two things. Number one, it was a statement of solidarity because the people of God in the Old Testament, the nation of Israel, had fled to Egypt for protection. And then they rose up out of it as part of God's plan. 
And here Jesus follows the same road, the same struggles they had, he had. He had his own exodus. It's a way of saying, I'm here with you. And not just generically, but I'm here with you even in the specifics of your story. I have entered in. It's one thing for someone to say, hey, I'm praying for you when you're going through something hard. It's another thing for someone to enter your story and walk with you through the pain. That's why we often connect with people who've had similar backgrounds or experiences. They they get me. There's a shorthand language. I don't have to explain all the nuances of the difficulties of what it was like to grow up in my environment. That person understands. And people tend to present Christians at times as those who have lived pristine, cute little lives and don't really get what it's like to struggle. But really, that's a pretty superficial way to dismiss a lot of people. But even if you've encountered Christians who can't understand your pain or your struggle, you don't have a Christ like that. He has been there. He stepped all the way into the struggle of humanity. It's interesting, Hebrews talks about it too, about since the children, meaning us, share in flesh and blood, he himself likewise partook of the same, that through death, he might destroy the one who had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver all those who through fear of death were subject to lifelong slavery. For surely it's not angels that he helps, but he helps the offspring of Abraham. Therefore, he had to be made like his brothers in every respect so that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in the service of God to make propitiation for the sins of the people. For because he himself has suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. Jesus' fleeing to Egypt And then coming back was a statement of solidarity. It's him saying to those of you who are having a hard time, I've been there. I've gone through it. I've known exile. I've known difficulty. I have stepped into your pain with you. I care about you. And knowing that he struggles along with you gives you strength. And yet, it's not just a statement of solidarity. It's not just that Jesus comes into our pain and is like, yeah, man, I totally get it. Being enslaved in Egypt is terrible. You see, it's also a statement of salvation, of redemption, that Jesus' hardship was shot through with hope. Because where the nation of Israel went down to Egypt and came out grumbling and failing to trust God, you see Jesus, when he's out in the wilderness, trust God and live by faith. You see, Jesus is not just presenting solidarity with his people, he is being the exemplary person, the perfect one, that he's entering our struggle and living through it perfectly where we failed. And so we can see our struggles and say, you know what, in difficult moments, I didn't do well. And yet Jesus has entered all the pain of humanity and has brought grace and life into it. It's fascinating. That passage Matthew quotes about out of Egypt, I called my son is actually not from the Exodus. It's referring to the Exodus, but it's from the book of Hosea. It was later in Israel's history where the people of God had had blown every commandment, had blown God off and made a mess of their lives. And they're wondering, is there any hope for people in a world of darkness and betrayal and pain? And the writer of Hosea talks about God called his people out of one of the worst circumstances in Egypt. And then it's a prophecy that Jesus Christ has come to do the same thing, that he's entered into the slavery of sin with you. He's entered into the darkness and difficulty, the fear, the uncertainty, and yet he walked out of it triumphantly. And now we can look to him as a sympathetic high priest, and that gives us hope. Your pain, as difficult as it is, is part of a plan. And through it, God is weaving his glory for those who trust Jesus and obey him. So let me encourage you. This may be a banner Christmas, or it may be a bummer Christmas. 
but you have a Jesus who's been there with you in the highs and the lows, and you can trust him, that he's working his purposes even in the midst of uncertain days, and they're good. So let's put our hope in him this holiday season, because he's a good king, and he's a faithful and sympathetic high priest. Thanks for listening to the Passion Daily Podcast. And don't forget to rate and review our podcast wherever you stream it. You can also subscribe to the Passion City Church and Passion City Church DC podcasts for our full messages every Monday.